Welcome to our YouTube channel. While you're here, go ahead and click subscribe so you can check in with us every week. We hope this message encourages you and leads you to a vertical life. So glad you're here today. We're excited to worship together today on the day of all days for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's the day we remember his death, the cross, the suffering, but there's a day we remember and we celebrate life and the resurrection, and that is today. And there's something about being all together for a day like this that adds even greater joy and meaning to it. To sit with other brothers and sisters, to sit with family, and to worship the risen Christ. To remember what he has done and remember who he is and who we are in him. Amen? There's something about being all together for events like that. There's something about being in the room in that moment. There's something about being in the room when it all happens, right? So if you're a fan of musicals, which my wife and family are, I sometimes am. If you're a fan of musicals, you probably are familiar with the musical Hamilton. If you're familiar with the musical Hamilton, you're familiar with the phrase called in the room where it happens. And so today I want us to think about what it's like, what it means to be in the room when it happens, because there's some significance to being in the room when it happens. I've been in some, I've been in some rooms where it happened that changed me. I got to be in the room for the birth of all five of my children. That'll change you. In the room where it happened. I wasn't in another room. I didn't hear about it later. I was there. I saw it all. I got to experience it, hear it, take part in it, hold them, cut the cord. I got to be in the room where it happened. I also remember walking into the room in which my mom had taken her last breath and gone to meet Jesus. I didn't get to be in the room when it happened but I got to be in the room where it happened. And there was power in that, to be in that place. There's something about being in the room where it happens, not just hearing about it, not just knowing about it, but experiencing it, being there, knowing you were a part of it, being in the room where it happens. Today we're gonna look at the story of the resurrection and see what it means to be in the room where it happens. Amen? Can you appreciate that this morning in the room where it happens? I think about some stories from scripture and I think, man, I'd love to have been there in the room when that happened. There's a story in, in the gospel of Luke where a man had been ill and he couldn't get to Jesus, but his friends came and they brought him to Jesus. He had four very close faithful friends and there was such a great crowd in the room where Jesus was, they couldn't even get in the room. So they went on top of the building and removed the roof and they lowered him into the room. They put him down where he could see and meet Jesus and Jesus healed him there. And Jesus has this confrontation there with the Pharisees who are in that moment and he confronts them in it. He says, let me, let me tell you something, guys. I'm paraphrasing here. He says, let me tell you something. You're amazed at what I'm doing here healing, but I want to tell you this so that you may know that I have the power to forgive sins on earth. I say, rise up and walk to this man. 
Boom. Can you imagine being in the room where that happened? The tension that was in the room, the joy that was in the room, the power that was in the room, in the room where it happened. If you go to the story of Jesus' last days, you go to the upper room. The disciples have gathered. It's the last night of Jesus' life. He's there pouring himself out. He's washing the feet of the disciples in a move that was so counter to everything that they had known. Here was the master washing the feet of the servant. Here was this moment where they were sharing this meal together. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be in that room when it happened? What it must have been like that night, Jesus knowing what was ahead, the disciples kind of clueless as to what was going on, and Jesus is trying to teach them, and there's one, Judas, who's going to betray, and he's dipping his bread into the cup, and Jesus says, what you must do, do quickly. Judas gets up and walks out. The disciples are looking. The Bible says that then Jesus and the disciples, when they'd finished, they got up and they went out singing a hymn as they went to the garden. Can you imagine being in that room where that happened? Hearing Jesus sing. Hearing the disciples sing in that room when it happened. Can you imagine being in the room where Pilate is standing there with Jesus? Where he's being accused, Jesus is. He's being confronted And Pilate says, don't you have anything to say? And Jesus just remains silent. Can you imagine being in that room when that happened? Knowing the tension, knowing what was going on, knowing what was about to take place, being in the room where it happened. Today we join the story of the resurrection in Matthew 28. If you have your Bibles, you've got a Bible app, some kind of device with you where you can follow along do that. Matthew 28, verse 1 is where we are. We're following two women who are on their way to the tomb where Jesus has been buried. It's now the third day. has been the Sabbath day, a day of rest, and these women are on their way to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. They have with them perfume and they go to the tomb. The scripture says this in verse one. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Let's zoom in on here on Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a woman, if you read the scripture, you'd find she was a woman who at one point in her life had seven demons living within her. She is possessed, overcome with evil spirits. I don't know what happened in her life, but I imagine some kind of horrible series of events that would cause her at some point to be filled with evil, to be filled with terror, to be filled with fear, to be filled with bitterness and resentment. And all she can do is look at life with hatred and anger and resentment. And she's filled with these evil spirits that she has allowed into her life. And she's possessed with them. But at some point along the way, Jesus Christ meets her 
and frees her from these seven demons. And she becomes someone who's no longer possessed with evil, but who's possessed with love for Jesus Christ. She becomes one who's free. She becomes a follower of Jesus. She becomes one of the ones who's following Jesus wherever he goes with the disciples. She's there. She's loving him. She's with him at the crucifixion. She's with him through the process. And here she is going to the tomb where he has been buried. And I'm sure there's a lot of things going on in her mind as she's approaching the tomb. There's probably a lot of things that she's thinking about. A lot of things that she's wondering. This one who has been the place of and person of hope, this one who has freed me, now all of a sudden he has died. And it's the third day. Time has passed. She doesn't see him any longer. This one who taught her life, this one who set her free, and now she's having to go to his tomb. She's probably wondering, what now? What's going to happen to me? The one who protected me, the one who taught me, the one who provided for me, he's dead. My hope, my dreams, my future, is it all going to come back on me? Who's going to protect me? What about those evil spirits? What's going to happen to me? And she's filled with all of this as she's approaching the tomb, thinking, am I all alone? Am I left to myself? Am I vulnerable to their work again? Will the tormentors come after me? Verse 1 closes with her and the other Mary going to the tomb. What they find there is surprising to them. What they find there is something they weren't expecting. What they find there is revealed to us in verse 2. It says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. As they're approaching the place of death, they get there and think, what has happened here? Something beyond what we counted on has occurred because the stone is rolled back, revealing the tomb. The stone is rolled away, and on the stone is sitting an angel. That had to be shocking. That had to be overwhelming. And this is what they walk up and find. What had sealed death away was now rolled away. What had separated them from Jesus was now rolled away. What had sealed the victory for the enemy was now rolled away, and sitting on that is an angel. You see, you sit on what you conquer. Yeah. Amen? I'm going to go back to an old uh, wrestling reference here again. See, I grew up in the 60s and 70s watching the Von Erichs. Yeah? And uh, if you're watching Saturday Night Wrestling, when you were getting to the place where you were winning, you found a way to sit on your opponent in the ring. <laughs> You laid them out and you sat down on them as a sign of victory. And here is an angel sitting on the tomb door as a sign of victory. The angel sitting in this place, the glory of God is resting there. The glory is resting on the tomb door. The angel has made this a chair. The angel has made this a chair of change. Hello, vertical. Mary didn't understand it. 
She looks for a way to process all of this. This is too unusual. This is too weird. What's going on here? Did we stay up too late? Did we get up too early? What did we drink? What happened to us? You see, we always look for a way to process what we see, but you can't always logically process what God is doing because he'll do something bigger than what you can fit into your mind. And if you're driven by logic and trying to figure it all out before you'll believe it, you're going to have a difficult time with the faith that follows Jesus Christ because there's going to be some things that will happen that you won't be able to fit into your logic and mind. Hello? You can't logically understand how what was dead can come back to life again. You can't logically understand when God shows up and puts an angel on a tomb door. You can't logically understand all that. You believe it by faith because God can do the impossible. And he's doing that here. He can do that in your life. You have put some... You have rolled some doors over in front of some things you've considered dead. You've rolled some doors over in front of some relationships that you thought, well, that's over, that's done, that's dead. You've closed off some paths of your life and said, well, that's not ever going to be seen again. That part's not ever going to live again. And you've rolled a door in front of it. Don't be surprised if God doesn't step up, show up, and roll a door away and what you thought was dead come back to life again. Hello? That's what God can do, and that's what he's doing exactly right here in this passage. The angel sitting on it, verse 3 and 4. It tells us about this angel. It says his countenance, his face, his glow was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. You see, they had placed some Roman soldiers there. Some who would guard the tomb to make sure no one could steal the body of Jesus so that no one could take him. But you can guard all day long with the power of men, and when the power of God shows up, he can make all that come to an end. And he did that right here. This angel shows up, shocks them, there's an earthquake, and they fall over like dead men. So this is what Mary Magdalene and the Mary walk up on, an angel Stone rolled away, angels sitting on it, and soldiers laying out on the ground like dead. They're passed out. Verse 5. The angel speaks and says to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. I know you came here to mourn what you lost. I know you came here to grieve over dreams that you once had. I know you came here to weep over the thing you feared the most happening. I know you came here to go into the room of death. I know you came here to anoint that which has died. Have you ever done that in your life? Go back to what died. And try to make it pretty. Try to dress it up. Try to get stuck there in that place. That relationship, that situation, your future, that career, that marriage, that child that you thought had walked away and there could never be healing again. I know you came here to see the one who was crucified. I know you came here to somehow make sense of what's happened. The angel says, I know you came here to see the one who suffered at the hands of men. 
I know you came here to see the one who was overcome by the power of man. I know you came here to see the one who apparently succumbed to the power of death. I know you came here thinking this is now the one who has been defeated. I know you came here to do something for him, but the angel says, I got something to tell you. You haven't come here to find the one that you can do something for. You've come here and he has come to do something for you. You just better get ready, Mary. I've got a message for you, Mary. I've got something to tell you, Mary. I've got got to tell you something that's going to change you forever. I'm going to tell you something that's going to change the way you view your future. I'm going to tell you something, Mary, that's going to change the direction of your life. I'm going to tell you something, Mary, that's going to cause you to have victory deep within you. So that the fear, the tormentors, the guilt, the shame, all that stuff will no longer have power in your life. Mary, I'm about to tell you something that's going to change you. I know you came here expecting death to be more powerful than life. I know you came here thinking that your sin is still intact. I know that you came here because you think Jesus is still in the tomb. But I've got news for you, Mary. It's in verse 6. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Amen. Amen. He's not here, Mary. I know you came here expecting that. I know you came here expecting death again. I know you came here expecting to leave unchanged. I know you came here expecting for things to be just like they've been. There's a lot of people who come to church, who come to God to pay their respects, to put some perfume on what has died and leave the same way they came in. But when the power of God shows up and you allow yourself to hear what he has to say, you don't come in and leave the same way. You don't come in and pay your respects and do your religious thing and then leave. You come in and are radically changed by the power of God. Amen. You come in and what was dead, you find has been made alive. You come in and you find out that what he said is true. You come in and you leave differently. Amen? Amen. He is not here. He is risen. He's not in the place of death. In fact, he defeated death, Mary. The fact that he's not here should tell you he defeated it. Everybody else has succumbed to it. No one else has survived it. But this Jesus, he has defeated it. He is alive forever. He's more powerful than the most evil man. He's more powerful than the evil one himself. He's more powerful than anyone could imagine. He has become the final payment for sin, Mary. He has been accepted as the final sacrifice, Mary. He has been given a name which is above every name, Mary. And he is not here. But the angel doesn't stop here. This would be glorious enough to have just heard this news, to have just known this news, to have read about it, to have heard about it secondhand, that would be glorious enough. But the angel doesn't stop there. It's as though the angel says, Mary, I know you heard me. I know I just gave you the news, but I've got something more for you, Mary. I've got something I want you to do what he says in the next part of verse 6. The angel says, Mary, come 
and see the place where the Lord lay. Mary, I know you're standing there. And the angel's probably saying, I know I'm here. But I want you to come into here. I want you to come in and see the place where the Lord lay. I know you believe me, Mary. I know you hear me, Mary. But here's the deal, Mary. It's not enough just to hear. You've got to experience this for yourself. I want you to hear it, and I want you to come in here. I want you to hear me, and I want you to come in and see. I want you to come in and see where the Lord lay. I want you to enter into this experience. I want you to enter into resurrection. Mary, I don't want you just to hear about it. I don't want you to just nod your head about it and say, hmm. I don't want you to just amen me, Mary. I want you to come in and see the place. Mary, I want you to come into the room where it happened. I want you to come in and experience the fullness of this, Mary. If you don't enter in, you can't really take it in. Mary, come in. Come and see. See it. Take it in. The place where he lay. The place where his body was. The place where he had been up to this point. I want you to come into this spot because you see, Mary, it was in here that his body was cold. His body was dead until the morning of the third day. Until just a little while ago, Mary. Until just a little while ago, he was dead. But I want you to come into the room where it happened because here, his heart started beating again. Mary, it all changed a few moments ago. Mary, I want you to come in and experience this. You see, in that moment, his eyes opened. In that moment, he became alive. In that moment, he received a new body, a glorious body. In that moment, when he breathed again, when his eyes opened, when life came back into his body, Mary, in that moment, death was defeated. He no longer has any power. In that moment, the enemy lost his power, Mary. The promises all became true, Mary. God put on a public display here to say that yes, his death was enough. In heaven, our sins have been paid for. It is finished. It is complete. And the fact that he's alive is God's way of saying, see, he has done the work. It is paid for. It is finished. There is life. The way to heaven is now open. He has opened that door, that path for you to come in, Mary. And if you want to experience it, Mary, you've got to come in to the room where it happens. Mary, you can be free. You don't have to fear the tormentors. You don't have to leave here the same. You don't have to walk in death. Mary, come in to the room where it happened. Wouldn't you love to have been married that day? Would you have gone in? She went into the room where it happened. It changed her forever. And you might be thinking, that's awesome. That's really cool. Great Bible story. Awesome. Be cool if, uh, you know, maybe I could have been there, but I wasn't. I would have loved to have been in the room where it happened. If I could have just been in that room when it happened, if I could have seen that, then I might have more faith today, you might be saying. 
You might say, well, man, if I could have just been in the room where it happened, then I might, I might have more passion. I might not do this, you know, once a week, once a month thing of faith. I might be really engaged. I might be in this. I might be passionate. I might love him. I might have more faithfulness and dedication and serving him. But, you know, I just, uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't in that room where it happened. If I could have, maybe I'd love God more. Maybe I'd serve God more. Maybe I would be more. I want to tell you something today. If you have come to a place in your life where you recognize the weight of your sin, if you have come to a place in your life where you have realized you were dead and separated from God because of your sin, if you've come to a place in your life where you experience the weight of the separation between you and God, if you've come to the place where you finally cried out and said, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't live alone. The fear is too much. The guilt is too much. I can't do this. It's as though I'm consumed with tormentors myself. If you've ever come to that place and you cried out to him, if you cried out to be forgiven, if you cried out to be saved, to be renewed, to be redeemed, if you discover that Jesus really did pay for your sin and you cried out for him, if that happened... And in that moment, you felt the power of God come into your life like it did for me in the summer of 1981 on the corner of Westmoreland and Lariat Circle, sitting in my living room with someone who had come from the church to explain the gospel to me. On that day, I became new. On that day, the wall was broken down for me. On that day, grace became real and faith came alive in me. On that day, things were changed. If that has happened to you, you recognized your sin, you cried out to God, you have received his forgiveness and love, I'm gonna tell you what, if that happened to you, you've been in the room where it happened because that room was you. In that moment, you were dead and you were made alive. In that moment, you were separated from God and you were all of a sudden resurrected. In that moment, you experienced his life, you experienced his cleansing, you experienced forgiveness and you came alive. You've been in the room where it happened. Hello? In that moment, the stench of death left you. In that moment, guilt was forced to flee. In that moment, condemnation had to go. In that moment, shame had to leave. In that moment, your sin became cleansed. In that moment, the enemy lost its power. In that moment, you gained access to God. In that moment, you came alive. In that moment, you were no longer rejected. You became accepted. In that moment, you went from being a tomb to being a temple. You had been in the tomb where it happened, but now you're in the temple where it happened, amen? You become the living place for the Spirit of God. You've been in the place where it happened, <clears throat> and you're in the place where it happened. Don't ever take for granted the power of God that worked in your life to rescue you, redeem you, make you new. Celebrate the room 
where it happened. Amen. Amen. Now you may be here today and you think, man, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome that Mary got to experience it. It's awesome that some people have gotten to experience it. But you might be honestly at a place where you say, I don't know that I can say I've been in the room where that happened for me. That room in me is still dark. That room in me is still filled with more tormentors than it is truth. That room for me is more of a tomb than a temple. I've got good news for you today. Jesus says, behold, I stand at your door of your room and I'm knocking. I'm calling out. I'm asking you to open the door. You see, if you'll open the door, I will come in, Jesus says, and I will dine with you. We'll enjoy some life together in this room. You with me, me with you. So I would say to you today, if you're here on this Resurrection Sunday, this day that we remember the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of those who put their faith in him, and today you say, well, you know, something's happening right now, in fact, in this room, right now. Something's happening in me. I have never called out to him before, but today I sense it. I hear him. Something's happening. I've got to be free then here's what you do. He's knocking. What do you do when someone's knocking? You open the door. You let him in. If he's knocking, then receive him. Say, Jesus, come in to my life. Come in to the room. I need you in the room. I can't live alone in this room. The tormentors have got me in this room. I need you in my room. And when he comes in, he'll cleanse, forgive, fill you with his spirit, and you will have the place, the room where it happens. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, today we are grateful that when our room was dark, when our room was filled with the tormentors, you stepped into that room and you called us to life. And today, Father, we celebrate the fact that Jesus was victorious in the tomb and it became the room where life happened. I thank you that for each of us, where our lives have been tombs, you come in and you make it the room where life happens. We come to celebrate that today. Guilt has no hold anymore. Condemnation and shame have no hold anymore. Fear has no room anymore in our room. Life has come to live in the room. Truth has come to live in the room. Power has come to live in the room. Acceptance has come to live in the room. And we will be your people, your church, who've come to be in the room where it happened. So Father, we worship you today. We celebrate you, we thank you, and we will live with you in the center of our room where it happened. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Stay Pastor Brian gave us such an awesome message this morning. Because of Jesus' death, the pathway to heaven is open. Come in and experience the fullness of Christ. We'll see you next week live at 1030.